Welcome to our new podcast, Faith at the Front Counter. I'm Nikiko. I'm Savannah. And we are very excited. This is our very first show. This show is going to be a little different than any other show moving forward. We're going to talk about how it came about, what the show is about, and who we are. So let's get started. Savannah, how did we meet? Do you remember? So. What I remember about our first meeting was, well, Makiko and I, um, we are both enrolled in a graduate program for counseling and it's an online program. And so through that online program, we are assigned homework partners to work on different assignments throughout the week. And Makiko and I ended up being partnered up. And at least from my perspective, very quickly, I got excited because I realized we were on the same page about a lot of things about our faith and the way we kind of see the world and process things. And it was really exciting for me to connect with someone in my program and feel like I'd made a new friend um, virtually. <laughs> right. I, that, I remember it being exactly the same thing. And I, I think I have been actually looking for a co-host, podcast co-host person um, for a little while. And I have dreamt essentially of having a podcast probably for the past four years. Mm. Um, After the election, the presidential election in 2016, I, at that time I was, you know, watching a lot of news, listening to a lot of podcasts. And what I realized is that there weren't a lot of people like myself having their voice out on the air. In fact, when you think about it, even when I think about it now, I don't know what you think, Savannah, but I think there's a lot of white male podcasters. That's the impression I get. Yeah. And I listen to those folks. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I want (laughs) to have different voices represented or, or different people that I want to hear. Um, so that was kind of the genesis of it. And then after talking with, uh, Savannah, more than once, a few times about just our homework, essentially, but we would diverge and get into different conversations about things. I thought, oh my gosh, she would be so great to co-host a podcast with. And so I asked her if she wanted to do a podcast and she was willing to sort of take the journey, the ride and trying something new. So I'm very excited. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. The other thing I wanted to talk about is, so, oh, we are actually a little tired today because we had probably our hardest quarter um, that ended this weekend. Yeah. And I had to do uh, extra credit for one of the classes. It's actually a class that Savannah and I had together. And did you have to do the extra credits? <laughs> We'll find out after my grades come in. I'll probably regret not doing extra credit, but so far I don't know if I needed it or not. (laughs) Well, I knew I needed to do the extra credit. So I did. And our extra credit was actually something that I think really raised or it highlighted why I think the both of us, and I don't want to speak for you, Savannah, but I think why I felt like this podcast needed to happen and it needed to happen now. Um, 
And so I just want to read, um, oh, I need to tell you what the assignment was. So we were required to read the letter from Birmingham Jail, which was written by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1963. And we had to write a paper on basically the ethical foundation of his letter. Um, if you have an opportunity to read that letter, it's quite long, um, but it's fantastic. I felt like it wasn't written in 1963. I felt like it was written in 2020. Yeah, um, it's very relevant. Yeah. So I've taken a little license of editing the letter because we don't have five hours for me to read the letter. It's not that long. <laughs> so I'm going to read the part that I thought was relevant to what we're trying to do with this show. And so these are his words. He says, in deep disappointment, I have wept over the laxity of the church, but be assured that my tears have been tears of love. Sorry. There can be no deep disappointment where there is not deep love. Yes, I love the church. How could I do otherwise? I'm in the rather unique position of being the son, the grandson, and the great-grandson of preachers. Yes, I see the church as the body of Christ, but oh, how have we blemished and scarred that body through social neglect and through fear of being nonconformists. So often, the contemporary church is a weak, ineffectual voice with an uncertain sound. So often, it is an arch defender of the status quo. Far from being disturbed by the presence of the church, the power structure of the average community is consoled by the church's silent and often even vocal sanction of things as they are. But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If today's church does not capture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will, with no meaning, it will lose, sorry, it will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. Every day I meet young people whose disappointment with the church has turned into outright disgust. So I think um, sometimes I feel like when I go to church, I'm the only one. <laughs> feels this deep disappointment. So when mm -hmm. I read this, I, it really stood out to me because I, I resonated what he was talking about. I am, I'm a Christian because I had a grandmother who immigrated from Japan, who became a Christian. My father, you know, became a Christian. Um, I don't know at one point my mom became a Christian. And then of course, me and my sister and brother became Christians. And so I understand that sort of that lineage of yeah. faith that he talks about. And then, um, and I'm someone who grew up in the church. I don't remember not ever believing in God. I tell people I believed in God in the womb. I'm not I saying that, that there, that I, I'm not saying that there hasn't been times where <laughs> I have like, not been sure whether I still believed in God and in Jesus. I've always like, it's called faith for a reason, you know, mm. um, that my faith has been tested at, in moments and in times. 
and I've had to do deep reflection about what I believed, but really my faith has always been there. And uh, so I don't want to, do you have something to say about what he said? I just want to emphasize what you mentioned, that it is so timely for today. It feels like he's speaking to us right now. Um, And I think jumping off what you were saying, there is a feeling of loneliness. I have felt for a long time feeling that way about the church and feeling disappointment in the church um, and simultaneously loving the church. Um, and I, it has felt lonely and it's also why I'm so excited to be doing this with you, Mikiko, because it's a reminder that I'm not the only one feeling this way. And I think his letter is both a call to accountability and, but also an encouragement for us. Right. Okay. Um, so with that, I'm a little I'm tearing up for the whole thing. So I'm a little, um, I'm a little, I'm feeling a lot about what he wrote. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot about um, what is going on in the church right now, because I do, I have a deep love for the church. It may not sound like it um, as you listen to our podcasts, but I really do. I have a deep love and that deep love is the basis of my deep disappointment. Yep. I would, I concur completely. This podcast, um, as you'll be able to tell in future is going to be really based upon faith. So we're, and we're looking at it really from a particular faith perspective. So this is not going to be a Hindu faith perspective. It's not going to be an Islam or Muslim perspective. This is going to be a Christian, um, faith um, perspective. And the front counter actually has, um, is in reference to multiple things in history, as well as in our own lives. And at that point, I mean, anytime you want to jump in, please feel free. Yeah. For me, the front counter is about like, watching the civil rights movement, and watching people, you know, take a stand and protest, essentially, by sitting at the counter, the lunch counter. Um, And it's a form of resistance to oppression, to injustice. That is part of what this podcast is doing. It is trying to to speak to power structures and to injustice. Um, It's also because I've worked um, at a front counter where there were people with deep needs. I had some significant conversations with individuals at a front counter. And then because we're both future psychotherapists, um, I think it's funny and cute at the same time. If you've ever watched Peanuts, (laughs) um, there's Lucy with her five cents um, and her front counter, um, her booth, essentially. So those are all things that we're going to be touching upon in our podcast. And it really is encapsulated in the name of the podcast. And something, so Makiko had kind of come up with this idea and I loved it for all of the reasons she's just listed. Um, And another reason that jumped out at me is that kind of, as we had mentioned, um, we feel a little bit lonely 
mm-hmm. in this, in our perspective, in where our faith and our form of resistance intersect. It, it has felt very lonely. And what I love about the idea of faith at the front counter is this idea that often people go to the front counter in a diner because maybe they're not there with other people. Maybe they're not sitting down to eat with several of their friends. They come alone um, and they sit at the front counter, but then they realize, look at all these other people that thought they were alone. And now we're all together and we get to make connections from there. And I really like that kind of metaphor too. (laughs) That resonated with me. Okay. So um, some of the topics that we're going to be discussing are, we're going to talk about politics, obviously. Um, We're going to talk about racism. Um, um, We're going to talk about COVID. So a lot of current event issues that Mm -hmm. are going on in our society. Are there other topics that we're going to talk about that I haven't mentioned? Um, I think kind of what we're just seeing in culture generally will come up. Um, Mikiko and I are also from different generations. And so we'll probably have a lot of conversations about that, our different backgrounds, um, the lenses that we come at all of these conversations from are going to be a little bit different. Uh, That said, though, we really hope that we are having these conversations through the lens of faith, first and foremost. And that's why we have this love for people is based and rooted in our faith. Um, And that's why we feel so passionately about these things. It's why um, we started this as a form of resistance is because of our faith. And so hopefully that shines through. Yep, for sure. I I think we forgot to mention, which is kind of funny, one of the topics that we will be talking about is mental health. Since yes. we're both students of mental health. We will, point. Yeah, we will be talking about that and uh, we'll be talking about our classes and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, the and the mental thing- health piece, oh, I was just going to say the mental health piece really overlaps with so much. I mean, I think that's going to be woven in through so much of what we talk about because it's all interconnected. For sure. And um, then we're going to have like different segments. Um, we'll have discussions about pop culture because I love pop culture, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. And I will be watching The Bachelorette tonight. <laughs> so, I, I'm totally embarrassing myself, but I will be watching it. Now, I haven't watched it in years, but I know someone who is one of the bachelors on that show. And so I want to see how he is going to do his name. Is oh, Mark. that's so fun. That does make it adds a little um, more fun to the show. Right. You feel right. a little bit more invested. Exactly. I don't know him well, but he, I took a couple of spin classes from him. And so yeah. I'm like, I want him to win. He's a nice guy. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then um, we'll be having your good human segment and we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that uh, later on. So we wanted to have some rules for the show for each other. And then for any guests that we might have, um, just so it's clear kind of, you know, what are our guiding sort of principles for the show. Um, And so we're going to just take a few minutes to talk about that. So what do you think are the most important rules for this show? 
So one I really like is that we can disagree without being disagreeable. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Huh? There you go. Because I think, I think that is a frustration that I've had. Um, I think we all see it. I don't think I'm alone in that, that we look at the conversations happening in media and I mean, even at dinner tables now, unfortunately, um, that people are disagreeing and there becomes this like really passionate, almost hatred um, and disrespect for the people you disagree with. And I just am really excited for this to be different and that we can, Mikiko and I are going to disagree. We don't even know what we're going to disagree on yet, but there's going to be probably a lot. Um, But we can do that without disliking the other person and without being disagreeable in that. Um, And I think that even ties in with another of the rules that kindness matters. It what does. about you? Do you have well, okay, a couple I that like resonate? I'm being called out a little bit, to be quite honest, because disagreeing <laughs> without being disagreeable is something I'm working on. Okay. And I have to confess, there have been moments that I have disagreed and been disagreeable. And when oh, I say disagreeable, respect, disrespectful is the word that I would use. So, and I could think of like a specific moment after Trump was elected. And I was talking to one of my Christian friends who, even after months of watching Trump do what he did, was supporting him. And I was disagreeing and disagreeable at the same time. So Ken, wherever you are, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm apologizing publicly. I don't think you're going to listen to this podcast, but I'm going to feel better apologizing to you. And I'm sure there are other folks that I, I, I know I have. Um, so it's something that while the show is happening, I'm going to be working on it even more with Savannah. And that goes to one of our rules that we're allowed to check each other on air. Mm-hmm. And so if I get disagreeable, you know, please disrespectful, essentially, um, the other rule that I think is so important, and it's for me, it's the number one rule. We have to have fun. Like, yeah. I want to have fun when we're recording. I want to have fun with our guests. I want our listeners to have fun. So that for me is huge thing. Like, yeah, we're going to work hard to just have, I mean, it sounds w- weird because <laughs> you're like, work hard to have fun, but yes, we're going to work hard to have fun. Absolutely. Well, because I think so many of these conversations, they are serious and we don't want to take Mm -hmm. away from their importance. And that doesn't mean that we have to strip all life out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have to have both. There has to be a balance for us to be, for this to be sustainable for, for the, for any important conversation to be sustainable. We also have to infuse life and joy into it. And so I, I really love the good, we have to have fun rule. And, and going back to you, you'd mentioned how maybe you've been disagreeable in the past and I will own that as well. I've done that as well. Um, but that even ties into one of our other rules, which is we're allowed to make mistakes. Yes. And I think these are rules, not because we're going to do them perfectly, but these are our aims. This is what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put our best foot forward, but sometimes there are going to be mistakes and that's okay too, because that's all part of the process. And I think 
the fact that you, you know, said, hey, I'm sorry for these people in the past that I've maybe been disrespectful to. That is part of our learning and our growth. And I just think that's an important piece. So it's okay that we're going to make mistakes. It's human to make mistakes. We're allowed to be human. Absolutely. I think one of the the rules that I think is really important to me um, is that we have the right to change our mind as we gain more information. And I actually got that from someone who was a therapist. Um, And because we're hopefully ever evolving, gaining Mm -hmm. more knowledge and knowledge changes us for the most part. And I think we may make statements on this first podcast, second podcast, 10th podcast, on the 30, 40th, 50th podcast, we may say something totally opposite. And it may sound hypocritical, but in the moment that we stated it earlier, that's what we believed. But as we learned more information, we changed our mind and we're allowed to do that. That's one of our- And I'm going to I would like to say not only are we allowed to, but I, I am a cheerleader for that. Mm. I, I think that like, it's really beautiful and wonderful when people change their minds because it means they're growing and they're learning. And if we never change our minds, it means we've never taken in new information and we've never grown. Um, and so I'm actually excited to see where and how we change our minds because it means that this is going somewhere and this has life to it. You know, it it probably sounds like it, and it's probably true. I mean, one of the things that I'm looking forward to about doing this podcast is that actually Savannah and I get get an opportunity to learn from each other, and I get to learn what she is learning. Um, she will be looking at different podcasts or news sites or um, different information sites than I will read or watch. Um, I'm positive that she doesn't read as much as I do pop culture. (laughs) I'm positive of that. I read people (laughs) magazine every day (laughs) to find out what my favorite stars are doing. (laughs) I love it. I don't think she (laughs) checks those sites. (laughs) Well, I, I can't say that I never do. I for sure. <laughs> I spend a little bit m- too much time probably on them. And I, I will own up my, here's my confession. Maybe I don't spend as much time on people, but if it's about, I have this weird, like, I'm very interested in what the Royal family is doing in uh-huh. the UK. So that is, I, I'm embarrassed about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know a lot about them as well because I read people in Us Magazine and they do a lot of stories about them. Um, And I do look at TMZ every day. (laughs) Really embarrassing myself right now. No, this is part of the fun part. We have to have fun. But I do take serious sites uh, input as well. You know, I read <laughs> other sites that people have seen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what are the rules? Okay, I want to talk about this because I think this yeah. is going to be important. Because we're going to be telling stories about our lives. And it could involve, um, we never want to embarrass anyone 
that mm-hmm. is what I want to say. I know that we do not want to do that, but we are opening ourselves to sharing our story. Yeah. And our story includes other people. That's the reality. Um, and so I want to make sure that people know when I tell a story. So I'm going to lose all my friends at this point. <laughs> when I tell a story that includes a friend or a family member, I, I want people to know that I'm not a story. I heard this term and I just love this term. I'm not a story fundamentalist. Meaning that I, I hope when I tell a story, I understand this is a story that is from my perspective about what happened in my life, okay? Um, as I have recalled it. Um, it can be a fun story. It can be a sad story. It doesn't mean that somebody else who is in that story, whether it's a friend or a family member, um, sees it differently. And it doesn't mean because they see it differently or their story is different, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the truth of the story is probably in between both of us and that neither one of us actually holds the true story, but I can only hold the story that I have. I can only tell the story that I have in me. And so I just want to make sure that I'm clear that, you know, if I don't know, if somebody hears a story that I know and like I said, I'm never trying to embarrass the story. I really want, if I tell a story, I want it to be helpful to one of our listeners or to each other, um, that it's not because I'm trying to embarrass them essentially. Yeah. Well, and that ties in with like the fact that we want all perspectives to be respected. And so that includes the stories Makiko is going to tell stories. I'm going to tell, um, we want to respect each other. We want to respect our guests. And I would even add the idea that like, let's give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, for our friends listening, if you hear something that you disagree with, um, give us the benefit of the doubt. Like we, we probably, <laughs> we all make mistakes. We've already determined that we're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> but beyond that, like, I, I want to give all of our guests the benefit of the doubt that they are doing the best with what they have where they are and that they are making decisions for their life and their views and stances are informed um, from the best of them and not the worst of them. And I think that's just an important thing that I, I hope we as the world keep in mind, but that I really hope kind of um, can undergird a lot of what we're talking about is it's let's just give each other the assumption that we are all doing our best. Right. Right. Um, any more rules? I think that's it. Okay. I just we'll probably uh, come up with some as we go. Yeah. Let's <laughs> make up rules. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's our show. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We get to decide. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. I, we wanted to, we, because this is our first episode, we wanted to include, um, an introduction of who we are, but we wanted to make it fun um, yeah. and not like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm reading this resume or, you know, this cover letter. <laughs> so we have come up with some questions um, that we may or may not have shared with each other. And so um, we're going to go back and forth. Savannah will t- ask me a question and then she'll answer it as well. And then it'll be like hot potato. So that's a generational thing, probably. (laughs) (laughs) 
See, generational differences. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Do you want to start with the first question, Savannah? Or do sure. You want to... Okay. Okay, Makiko. All right. What is your favorite book? Okay, my favorite book of all time I read in fourth grade. Mm. And it's called A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langle, uh, a Christian author. Um, it was made into a movie with uh, one of my absolute favorite people, um, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yes, cheers for Oprah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to date myself. I started watching her in college when she was not very young at that point. <laughs> so, and I, I feel like she sort of has mentored me in a lot mm. of different ways. I've read a lot of her book recommendations, things like that. Um, so um, please read that book. The book is- I'm going to have to read that. That book is way better than the movie. And I read it throughout my life. Like I read it in fourth grade, like I said, and then I read it like in high school. I read it in college. I read it as a young adult, um, it's, it's a story about a, a child's love for their father and, and really love is the central theme of the movie. Mm. So, um, I just wrote it down and I'm, I'm really excited to read it and I'm disappointed that I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are we answering our own questions? Yeah. yeah I want to know okay. what's your so, favorite book. My favorite book. That's not as exciting because yours sounds like it's a fun book. Um, though I still think mine is fun. My favorite book is rising strong by Brene Brown. And I had, it was difficult for me to pick a book by Brene Brown because really close your eyes and point to one. And I adore all of her books. Um, but if I had to pick, that would be my very favorite. And it's just because it has, shaped so much of who I am and kind of the path that I'm on. And to be honest, it's a huge reason that I am in a counseling graduate program. So I have to give her a lot of credit for that. <laughs> okay. I should have guessed that because I think every meeting that Savannah and I have had about this podcast, Brene Brown ends up being somewhere in that conversation. I'm not joking. No, she's not. She's correct. <laughs> Renee Brown, please. We're we're looking for if you're listening. To yes. And Oprah, I, I have wanted to talk to you for years. Please. We will take you both to coffee. <laughs> At the front counter. <laughs> At the front counter. Oh, okay. so good. Um, okay. okay. I don't know. This is kind of a Oh, okay. I'm going to ask this question because this is interesting to me. What denomination did you grow up in? Good question. So I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. Ah. Some people have heard of it. Some people have not. Okay. Yeah. What, are, what do you think are the unique uh, aspects of that church? That mm. I think the really big one, well, I would... I would say the two big ones that are kind of in their name, Seventh-day Adventist. Um, the first that's kind of sets them apart is they practice a Seventh-day Sabbath. And so growing up um, from Friday evening at sundown until Saturday evening at sundown, 
um, you take a Sabbath and no work, no school, um, just rest and worship and time with family. Uh, and that is something that I have held on to to this day. It's been a really big gift in my life um, to have that day of rest. Um, and then the second thing that sets them apart is they have a really big emphasis on the second coming of Jesus. I think that's probably how they would put it. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What, what denomination did you grow up in? So I grew up in uh, Presbyterian church, um, Presbyterian USA. Um, and, but it was kind of interesting, um, you know, which is reformed theology. I think what maybe made it unique. Um, so it felt more Baptist to me is um, it was an Asian American mostly Japanese American when I was growing up. I think it's more Asian American now. So there's other Asian groups, but um, yeah, I grew up in a essentially racially ethnic Asian mm-hmm. church. Um, and it was very impacted, I think, by um, evangelical Christianity. So it's part of that stream as well. Okay. Yeah. So I have another question for you. Who, it could be anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would you want to have dinner with? And second part of the question, what would you eat? (laughs) Ah, okay. This one's hard. I know. You ask hard questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This one's really hard. What would I eat? Um, well, what would I, I like eat? how that's so hard? Is that the hard part of the question? Not not who would you eat with? What you eat? <laughs> I like to cook. I like to eat. So I'm gonna focus on the food first. Okay. <laughs> then I'm gonna. The person doesn't get to pick. I get to pick the meal. So, Correct. Yes. Um. Okay. So if I were, oh gosh. I have not. Okay. This, this answer could change. So that's what that's I okay. to because I really like all kinds of food. Like I like Chinese food, Japanese food. I like Mediterranean food. I like Italian. I like, uh, you know, Persian food. I mean, you mm-hmm. name it. I like it. Um, I think I would, just because I have not had it for a while and I really like it, but I love um, Indian food. So, and I haven't had it for a while. I have a lot of Mexican food, but chicken vindaloo, I think would be the, yeah, would be the dish that I would want with some non bread and basmati rice. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. Okay. I would have that as the meal. (laughs) So who would be the person that I'd want to interview? Yeah. Who would you share that food with? You know, and this is only, this is one of the answers that would change in the, you know, in the future, only because I just read his letter and Mm. um, I would have to pick Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Because when I read that letter, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally happening now. This is what's happening. It's the same exact thing. And the way that he wrote the letter as well, he really saw himself mm-hmm. as someone in the form of Jesus and Paul um, really writing a letter. I felt like he was writing a letter to the Corinthians or 
the Galatians. Yeah, or That's what it feels like. It does. It does. And he really uses the rationale and he ends with unity, which is Paul was constantly talking about unity. Mm-hmm. So I think because I felt like in that letter, I understood what he went through, what he was going through, why he did it. I'd love to have a meal with him. So that's who I Yeah, would. that would be awesome. How about you? So I would pick, and now I'm realizing, I think you're right. I think the food is the hardest part, which <laughs> I laughed at. And now I'm like, no, she's right. That's the hardest part of this question. Um, I think I would pick C.S. Lewis. Ah. And my answer would probably change tomorrow, but that's who I thought of. Um, I just really, I really love so much of his writing. I really like that it spans really intellectual stuff and faith um, as well as like fiction. I loved the Chronicles of Narnia. And so I think picking his brain would be really interesting and he'd be just a really fun person to talk to. Um, And it would probably mean I could be in England then too. So (laughs) I would like go and visit him there, which that would be great. Well, I would eat Ooh, would be really tough, but I would think um, the first thing that comes to mind is like, and you're going to hear this answer over and over probably in all of our episodes, Thai food. Ah, That's my favorite. I could eat it every day of my life. And so I would probably pick that. I don't know if he would like Thai food, but that's what I would pick. <laughs> it's funny when I was in England, I was only in England for about London for eight hours, I was waiting for my plane to take off. And so I originally was going to go to a pub, you know, have pub food. But I ended up having Indian food. there. Yeah, <laughs> they have a huge because they colonized India. And so they have a yes. huge Indian population. And so it was delicious. Yeah, yeah, really good. It was really good. Um, I love that you picked Thai food. <laughs> I was just, I thought you were going to pick like bangers and mash. <laughs> Would have been pie. more appropriate, but <laughs> didn't. <laughs> That's what I was envisioning. Okay. Um, oh gosh. I feel like your questions are so good and my questions aren't that great. Oh. I've liked your questions. Don't hate on your questions. Okay. What was your first presidential election? That I voted in or that yeah. I was a legal to vote in. <laughs> Wait, you I'm embarrassed voted? to say that they are different. I'm so embarrassed. This is a regret I have. This is a regret I have. I could have voted in the 2012 election, which would have been Obama uh-huh. Romney, I believe. I didn't because embarrassingly, and we have to like, I guess, let's say our rule for we have the right to make mistakes. We're allowed to make mistakes that applies to our previous selves too. So my previous like younger self was allowed to make this mistake though. I have a regret that I did not vote. How old were you then? 20 years old. And why did you not vote? I didn't care. (laughs) I I was not, I was not interested in politics. I wasn't interested in what was going on. I didn't have an understanding of what was going on. Um, And at that point, my mind has since changed. Again, going back to our rules, we also have the right to change our minds. 
my mind has since changed, but at that time I really felt like I was being asked to choose and I wouldn't say at either of these people are bad or that's not what I'm saying, but I didn't like feeling like I have to choose between two individuals that I wouldn't necessarily fully endorse. Some would say like, oh, it's the choice between the lesser of two evils. And at the time I was like, okay, there's good and bad about both of them. Like, I don't want to cast a vote for someone that I don't completely believe in. Um, And I don't know enough. So I just didn't. And I regret that. Um, So the first election that I actually did vote in was in 2016. Um, That would have been Trump and Clinton. And that was the first election I voted in. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I want actually to go on the record. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to go on the record and say, I did not vote for Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say you voted for Donald Trump. (laughs) No, I didn't. I also didn't vote for Hillary Clinton though. I voted for Gary Johnson, which I have regrets about that as well. Um, (laughs) But he was the libertarian candidate and I, I wasn't a big fan of Clinton. Um, and I didn't feel like I could in good conscience vote for Trump. And so I voted for the libertarian candidate because, and I, maybe this is an important point to note. I am, am in Oregon and Oregon always, always, always goes Democrat. And so for me, my vote, I knew wasn't really going to affect too much, not to say it doesn't make a difference, but it wasn't going to affect a lot. And votes also, um, end up giving money to different parties. And so I thought, you know what, it's going to go to Hillary anyway. I'm going to give my vote to the um, third party candidate and try to get some more funds for them in the future. I can see that argument because I did that argument in, in one of the elections. I, I was like, there's no way my, you know, my vote is going to count. So right. <clears throat> I'm not going to vote. I will be voting. Yeah. Um, even though I'm 20. Yeah, because I even though in California, it's clear that it's going to be uh, a vote for Biden. Um, not that there aren't, you know, huge enclaves of uh, Republican areas in in California. I grew up in one of those Orange County. Um, but I want to vote because I well, I want to vote to just ensure <laughs> Even though I know California is going to go one way, but, but also I feel like because of the threats that President Trump has said where he isn't sure if he's going to do a smooth transition of power mm. to the net if he loses, I want to make sure that there's a clear, huge, popular vote win. Now we have to win the Electoral College, but I want it to be really huge. Um, and I'm with you on that. Like I said, the, the last two elections I voted for, like I had different reasonings, but this election, I will say I am voting for um, Joe Biden. And it is for that same reason, because I really, I really want to give him as many votes as we can. I mean, this actually, this is great because our show is going to talk about politics a lot. In the last election, so I voted, you know, in California, you have a primary for the Democrats. Um, and so I voted actually for Bernie. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually, la- the last election, if John Kasich from, or- um, from Ohio. Ohio, I don't know if you were living there then when he ran, but no. if he had... Um, won the Republican Party nomination, 
I was considering voting for him because I was not a big Hillary fan. fan. Um, So I'm with you. Yeah. So it was, I'm still a big John Kasich fan and he has actually um, thrown his support for Biden. um, Yeah. Which is interesting, but. um, And some of you are going to listen to this and disagree with who we voted for and who we are voting for. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 We, we want, yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, so, oh, so who who was the first person? Like what was the first election you voted for? I am going to show my age. Okay. So do the counting people. (laughs) So it was between, I think it was between Reagan Mm. and was it Carter or Mondale? I wish I I could tell you, but I don't. I can only, because it was so long ago. I voted for Reagan. Yeah. I voted for a Republican. I voted both ways. Yeah. So, um, and well, my the parties evolve and they change. Right. And, and, you know, I grew up in a very interesting household because my father was Republican and my mother was a Democrat. Um, and so, and yeah. I feel for, just to let the show know, I feel very free sharing that because they have passed away. <laughs> think it was something they were trying to hide you know right so during election years it was or presidential election years it was really interesting in my family put it that way (laughs) some some lively discussion yes okay well thanks for sharing that that's it's so fun to see again the generational differences Uh uh-huh that's all part of this and look like we've changed who we voted for depending on the season in the world and our mindset about voting. Um, okay. Another question. And this goes into the, like, we got to have fun. So, and we kind of mentioned pop culture before. So who, if you have one, would you mind sharing your celebrity crush? <laughs> my celebrity crush. Oh my gosh. Do I have a celebrity crush? I have so many celebrity crushes. <laughs> That's well, okay. I mean, you can mention it. And I'm using the word crush very loosely because yes. I mean, I feel like, I feel like there are people that I just love on. Um, um, okay. So I love Stephen Colbert. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, he's my age group so much. He is a wonderful. I, I love Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I am with you on that. That something about that nerdy geeky guy, you know, that's mm-hmm. funny and smart uh, I, and kind. Yes, yes, and kind. He once, something he once said that I will never forget, and I loved this. He said about his show, um, was it the Late Show with Stephen Colbert? Yeah. That um, he said that at, at its core, he hopes that it's always about love, and he said even if I disagree with people. I hope that the root of this show is always about love. And I love that. <laughs> I love that too. Okay. Let's steal that from Steven. Okay. <laughs> Steven has now become Thanks, Steven. This show is about love. We forgot to yes. mention that. That's what their role. <laughs> well, I think it's the underpinning of what we're doing. We might I not do too. I think, I think all of the rules um, are rooted in that. Right. Even if we didn't mention that it's about love, I think all of the rules are based in that principle. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So mine is not as um, 
intellectual as Stephen Colbert. It's probably not as as nerdy. It's maybe a little bit more embarrassing. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Gosling. Oh. Both his face and his acting skills. Uh-huh. I think he's really good. What's your favorite movie that Ryan Gosling has been in? Oh, no. That's such a tough question. Because there's storylines I really like. Mm. And then there's acting that I thought he did even better in. Um, I think storyline, it's so cheesy. I know that. I know that it's cheesy. But I, the notebook is so. Oh my gosh, that's such a good movie. <laughs> classic. I know the story is classic. But my favorite, I think he's an incredible actor in, I mean, in so many things, but um, I'm going to completely blank on the name of the movie. I won't probably know it. I don't know. It's Michelle Williams and him. Michelle Williams. Blue. Oh, it's called uh, Blue Valentine. I never saw that movie. That's why I don't remember it. It's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I gotta, I gotta throw in one, one other person because I don't really have a celebrity crush in the sense of. Well, I feel like I have a lot, like crush, not in the romantic sense, but right. like a little stalkerish. Um, <laughs> but I have like, <laughs> I, I used to really love Denzel Washington, and if oh. he was in a movie. I had to see him in a movie. Yes. Yeah. So I have, I especially young Denzel. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you see him in Malcolm X? Yes. He was impressive. Oh my God. So good. Such a good actor. And he's really good in the Equalizer movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's, they're like, shoot him up movies. I have to admit, I like those movies. Yeah. You got to have a range, you got to have variety. <laughs> Can't be bored. But I, I have to say, I might not have gone and seen, um, you know, that movie, the Equalizer movies, if Denzel wasn't in it. Just to tell producers who are hiring Denzel Washington out, if he wasn't in it, I might not have gone and seen sure. it. Okay. I want to build on that question. So okay. um, what is your favorite movie? Okay. This is embarrassing. Well, I'm not embarrassed by it, but people tell me that I should be embarrassed by it. <laughs> I love the movie A Knight's Tale. Oh, that's with um, Keith Ledger. Yes. Yeah. I think I saw that. I think it's got, to me, it checks all the boxes. It's really funny. It's got romance. It's got some action in it. It's got a really good soundtrack. I think for me, I'm like, it checks every box that I want in a movie. People have told me that I should be embarrassed that it's my favorite movie, but it has been my favorite movie since the day I saw it. I mean, that had to be like when I was like 12 years old, it's been my favorite movie since then. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, but apparently I'm. I have bad taste in, in films. So <laughs> what about you? Okay. I have a I I don't have a favorite movie. I feel like I have a lot. But if I were forced to choose, um, I probably would pick between these two movies, Princess Bride. I don't know if you've ever seen that. So good. You can't <laughs> go wrong with that movie. 
And uh, I would have to say, even though I haven't seen that in a long time, um, and The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. so good. I mean, like, excellent choices, Rikiko. These are Those are two perfect films <laughs> in their own way. So good. I think The Sound of Music was my favorite movie before A Night's Tale. Like, it was like The Sound of Music was my favorite movie until I was 12 and saw A Night's Tale, and then A Night's Tale took over from there. Right, right. It's so good. Um, okay, so to kind of tie in our lens of faith, um, I think probably this is a cheesy question that gets asked a lot, but I'm, because I don't know the answer to it from you, I wanted to ask, um, do you have a favorite Bible verse? And if you do, what is it? You know, okay. I have a really, okay. For one thing, I have a really bad memory. So, so people are going to be correcting me. Like, like, that's the wrong word. (laughs) So I think, okay. I don't have a favorite Bible verse. Let me think about it. I don't think I have a favorite Bible verse. Um, I mean, before I used to say like, as iron sharpens iron. So one, and sharpens another um that was decades ago I think I don't think I have a I don't think I have a favorite one I don't think so that's okay yeah that's what I think too it's okay yeah if so I, I there's pardon. so many that I, there's so many parts of the bible that I like that's what I want to say you know and they're timely for different reasons at different times yeah Um, I think so. And I have a bad memory too. I had to look this up before we started. So, cause I would, I would have said the wrong verse, but it's, um, second Timothy one seven. And I am partial to, I don't know which translation it is, but it says, for we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit. Now I'm going to forget it. See bad memory. (laughs) We've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love. I want to go oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. You know what I love is that you probably looked it up before. <laughs> I did, and I completely blanked on it. That's something I would do. Well, usually I have to look up the verse, like the the like the placement, the chapter yeah. verse. I've never had to look up the words before. I don't know why I completely blanked on that. Um, okay. We're starting over. My favorite okay. verse is second Timothy one, seven for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why, why is that your favorite verse? Um, I really resonated with it. Um, when I started just having a lot of anxiety and worry uh-huh. And a lot of not trusting my gut and uh-huh. questioning. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a really, and, and I generally am a fearful person. <laughs> I think that's okay. I, I, I knew I learned, learned about you. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think just the reminder that he is the spirit of fear is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That is not what he has given us. He has given us a spirit of power. He has given us a spirit of love. 
And I just really like, there's something that sits right with me that says, God has given us a spirit of, of a sound mind. And just this idea that like, he makes us whole. Mm. And those are the things to look for. Like if it's a spirit of fear, it's not from him. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite recipe that you do? Like that you make? So I make it every week and my husband and I make Dutch babies every single Saturday morning. That sounds amazing. And we've <laughs> had, had them for a while. <laughs> yeah, we've had them every day since we've been married, every Saturday since we've been married. Um, and I love it because it's super easy. Like we throw ingredients in a blender and then dump it into a pan and put it in the oven. It's so easy and it's so good and it's not healthy, but it's our treat on the weekend. Um, and we've made it so many times that I can do it without a recipe, which I think is the only thing I've ever been able to make without a recipe. So oh my that's, gosh, that's my favorite. I recommend people start making more Dutch babies because they're, they're so easy. They're good. They are good. that at restaurants. I don't what think about you. Um, Oh gosh, my favorite recipe. Um, I, so I am, I love cooking and mm-hmm. I don't call myself a chef. I'm a really good cook, meaning that I can follow directions <laughs> really well. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I can't make anything to save my life. I know. If you ask me to like open a fridge and I know people open a fridge and they start cooking. No, that's not me. I start with a recipe. I go to the store and then it's on in the kitchen. I go. Um, So. Okay, I'm going to pick this because this meant a lot to me this year. So my mom passed away in 2011. And, uh, so I had not opened up her, um, recipe box. Um, and I might've opened it, but I never opened it and used one of her recipes. And so this year I opened the box and I, was it this year or late last year in the past year? I opened the box and she had a recipe that was part of her, my childhood rotation. Mm. And it was um, a recipe that I think she got from when we were living in Hawaii. So I was born in Hawaii and grew up there until I was seven. And so it's, but okay. The odd thing is it's called Spanish rice. (laughs) Yeah. This is like going to England and having Thai food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was part of her like weekly, you know, I don't know if it was weekly, maybe once every two weeks. I, I made it. It tasted exactly like how my mom made it. And then sometimes she would make like a sunny side up egg and then put it on top of the rice. The rice has like Ooh, ground be beef, and bell peppers and onions and garlic It's and tomatoes. And it's delicious. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that would be for now, but I haven't made it. I've only made it a couple times. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. Good choice. How about you? Oh, 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 the, Dutch oh, you are, oh the Dutch baby. Yeah. I was thinking I asked childhood recipe and then I'm like, okay, cause mm. I'm that down too. 
favorite childhood dish, but um, that was a combo. Okay. It's your turn. That's okay. <laughs> so what are you most grateful for? And it could be today or it could be overarching, like in life general. What are you most grateful for? Oh gosh, I have a lot to be grateful for. Um, I think um, what I'm most grateful for, and I think it pertains to this, um, you know, this podcast is because I feel like this podcast flows out of our faith. That's why faith is one of the words. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Um, and so I feel like I'm most grateful for my faith because mm-hmm. through thick and thin and challenges and, you know, good times, bad times, I feel like my faith has been the bedrock of anything I have done. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to say I'm most grateful that I have a faith, um, that I am, that Jesus was born. Um, I think I should clarify that. Um, I don't consider myself a Christian. Um, I mm-hmm. consider myself a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and this I, is something Makiko and I actually bonded over. Yes. <laughs> that was one of the first things we connected over on our very yeah. first phone call was that we were both saying, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I just want to let you know, I don't consider myself a quote unquote Christian. Right. I call myself a follower of Jesus. And we were both, we, we both had that viewpoint. Right. And I really feel like I have to clarify that, especially when, um, I'm around people who are Christians, ironically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I don't identify as a Christian. I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I resonate with that a lot because I think, at least for me, when I say I am a Christian, if I were to say that to someone, that comes with, in today's day and age, that comes with often a certain set of labels and beliefs and opinions that are projected onto someone that says they're a Christian. And for better or worse, I don't identify with a lot of those or agree with, with a lot of those opinions and viewpoints that the average person thinks a Christian does in 2020. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's a helpful thing for both of us to kind of say right up here at the front. Um, that's how we're, we're approaching this. Right. And I, I, I think there, we are not alone in that. I think there are others who mm-hmm. are struggling through that. Yeah. Welcome to the front counter friends. Yes. <laughs> Come join welcome. us. Exactly. Please join in the dialogue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We really, Savannah and I really want, we want to have a dialogue, but we also want to have a dialogue with our listeners and we want to hear what you have to say. And um, so, you know, we'll be providing our contact information. So please contact us if you have any yeah, suggestions for guests or you have a question for us, um, or just feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts. A feedback would be so great. This Mm -hmm. is so new for us. There's so many things that we could improve upon and we want to hear it from you all. Yeah. But be kind. That's all I ask. Kindness matters. Yes. (laughs) Kindness matters. (laughs) 
we're people. <laughs> we are. So good. Um, I I'm going to let you have the last question. Do you have another question? Oh, I was just going to answer the what's what I'm Oh, oh, oh sorry. For. I keep jumping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You're okay. Yeah. So I think what I am most grateful for, um, and maybe it's going to sound cheesy, but it's the truth. So I mean, I don't care. Um, I'm really grateful for my marriage. I think it's the best thing in my life. And it has been a really beautiful gift of a partnership. And um, I just feel like I'm married to the best man that I could possibly have found. <laughs> oh my um, and I'm so start crying. I was going to say, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um, so I'm just really, I'm really, really grateful for that because I feel like it almost, I mean, not quite to the same extent. I don't want to equalize it there, but almost like faith, you know, infuses everything. I feel like my marriage has really been a, a foundation for so much of what I'm doing in my life. And I can completely truthfully say that I wouldn't be in a counseling graduate program if not for my husband's encouragement. Um, it was something that I was really afraid of doing. Um, and he was just a really big cheerleader for me in that. And I wouldn't be doing this with you if not for his encouragement too. Like I tend, as I mentioned before, I tend to have a lot of fear about things. And he was like, why not? Like, why not? Um, so yeah, I'm really, that's what I'm, I'm most grateful for today and most days. <laughs> now, what's his name? His name is Brandon. Brandon. Mm -hmm. We've been married for, well, almost four years now. So not, not super long, yeah. but we've known each other since we were like 10. So <gasps> really? we've been in each other's lives for a long time. Yeah. We met at church. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's, this sounds like a movie. <laughs> 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 well, how old were yeah. you when you started dating? Um, we were 21, I think, ish when oh. we started dating, 2021. 20, yeah. I'd had a crush on him for a really long time. <laughs> and we were we were really good friends for a long time. And after the nudging of one of our mutual friends, um, she kind of had a heart to heart with us and was like, I think you guys need to date. <laughs> and that's kind of started the ball rolling, but. That yeah. is such a beautiful story. I love that. I, I really love it too. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to end with just, there's some major things that happened this weekend and it was a big weekend for a lot of celebrations. So we mm. wanted to mention that on Saturday, October 10th, um, because we're on Monday, October 12th, Saturday, October 10th was World Mental Health Day. And as future psychotherapists, we want to celebrate any attempts to destigmatize mental health. So mm -hmm. I know I read a couple of articles of um, celebrities who came out about their struggles with mental health. And I think that's great because the more people we can hear talk about how they, what they're doing with their mental health, I think the better. Um, mm -hmm. And then Sunday, October 11th was National Coming Out Day. This celebration was started by Robert Eichberg and Jean O'Leary in 1988. 
Robert Eichberg was a psychologist and with Gene O'Leary, they wanted to present something positive and celebrate the coming out process. So they came out with National Coming Out Day. So congratulations to anybody that came out this weekend or is celebrating a uh, anniversary for it. And then finally, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and for those who haven't felt safe coming out yet, um, we celebrate you too. And we love you. Amen, sister. Very true. Finally, it's LGBT History Month. Now, I just feel like the fact that our podcast is starting during LGBT History Month is like perfect on so many levels. (laughs) So LGBT History Month provides role models, um, builds community, and represents a civil rights statement about the contributions of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, One of the things the civil rights movement, which focused a lot on race, a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, but the LGBTQ community really supported those civil rights um, initiatives. And so we, you know, those coalitions are so important. Um, So important. Yeah. And so we're so grateful for being able to celebrate um, the history of our brothers and sisters in the LGBT community. Yes. Um, so we, in the future, we want to do You Are a Good Human segments. Can you see that? <laughs> um, or You Are Good Humans segment. So please let us, let us know if you see something that you think should be recognized. We're going to try to have a segment on each of our podcasts where we talk about that because we're talking about a lot of serious subjects And we want to, we want, we know that there's a lot of good things happening in our communities. And so we want to recognize individuals. Um, If you want to contact us at contact at faith at the front counter.com, that's our email address. You can do that. Or you can go to our website at faith at the front counter. Um, This has been just an amazing hour. (laughs) Um, that I've been able to spend with you, Savannah. Um, I thank you for those of you who are going to be listening, uh, for spending a part of your day with us. Um, do you have anything to say, Savannah, as we close out? I just want to say thank you, Mikiko, for jumpstarting this. And I'm so excited to kind of continue these conversations because I think they're important. Um, and I think we all make ripple effects, big or small. And I hope that this is at least at minimum, uh, some form of a ripple effect um, for the world, even if it just encourages healthy, respectful communication. Um, Yeah. That's great. So we look forward to seeing you all next time at the front camp.